When is Late Model Live coming on tonight? Oh my God! We got Weaver, Beaver, Kevin Weaver wins. There's no green light. The race of the year. Forget about it. I don't want to hear nothing else. Glad to see all our fans are out tonight. <laughs> I hope they appreciated that ass kicking. And y'all, I know you love me. I mean, Dirt on Dirt's interviewing me right now. You got to be kidding me. Who's it going to be at the line? Oh, no! The winner of the inaugural Dirt Million, Earl Pearson Jr. Oh, my! Shannon Bath wins it! Are you kidding me? The kid can wheel a truck. The kid can wheel a wave model. Oh, hell yeah! At the line, it's going to be Jonathan Davenport! This is one of those days you literally can't find anything to complain about because it's such an awesome day. This is your race day report for... It's going to be Scott Bloomquist winning his eighth Dirt Late Model 3. Swap, move over. New race of the year. Into turn number three. Davenport blocking. Shepard slides out. Davenport answers. Shepard wins. Shepard wins. We're going to look at this thing tonight. But for right now, sit back and relax. And most importantly, welcome to DirtOnDirt.com. Now join Michael Rigsby from the Dirt on Dirt studio for Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live. Turn, sometimes you prepare for a show and then life has a way of changing absolutely everything. I am Michael Rigsby and this is Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live for Tuesday night, May 21st. And last night at Wheatland, Missouri, the dirt late model world and racing world, and especially the Lucas Oil Racing family, was affected by the devastating storms. You see some of this damage here that blew through southwestern Missouri, leaving behind a wake of damage. Some injuries to the folks who were already camping on the grounds on Monday, but luckily no deaths. It seems like everybody that was injured will inevitably end up being okay as the folks in that tiny Midwestern town and at the racetrack are still picking up, look at that mangled off-road grandstand there, picking up the pieces from an absolutely terrible situation last night. Obviously, this show was going to be pretty show-me-100 intensive, tons of previews, tons of interviews, everything like that. But given all that's going on, we are modifying on the fly today as we, as we take everything in and start to record some of the pieces early in the afternoon and changing things up a bit. As officially, we know now this weekend's Show Me 100 has been postponed to a date to eventually be determined, uh, I think a week from today, Tuesday, May 28th, I read in the press release, will be the date they determine uh, when the makeup date for the Show Me 100 is. But it will not run this weekend, as you saw from that damage just an impossibility to run this weekend. We will have a bunch of Memorial Day weekend preview things to talk about in the next hour. But before we do that, we wanted to catch up with our good friend Rick Schwally, the uh, Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series director, who was in Wheatland last night. They were already at the track on their trip from the upper Midwest. They came down. They were setting up. Rick was at a ranch house on the Lucas Oil property and uh, really in the eye of the storm. They were obviously exhausted today, everything they had going on last night, but I wanted to start the show off by catching up with Rick as we grabbed him for about a 10-minute exclusive interview that we had with him. Uh, check that out now for us. Rick, first and foremost, and I have to ask this, are you okay? Is your team okay? Is everybody in the Lucas Oil world safe out there in Wheatland tonight? 
Yeah, yeah, we are. Uh, we've we've had a long night <laughs> um, between us and our staff. We had uh, part of our staff had gone home this week, including my wife. Uh, she was Ashley was coming back out this week for my daughter. My daughter's last day of school was Wednesday, so they were coming back out Wednesday after school. So I had family at home as well. And then, then as all this was happening, uh, there was just, there was including myself, seven of us staying in a house. Um, one of the homes that is on the Lucas Ranch that we stay at. And there were seven of us in that house. And, um, we evacuated to the basement when all this happened. And, and really the house probably got hit worse than the racetrack that we're, you know, we're probably half mile from the track. You know, I spoke to some of your staff last night and they basically said, like you kind of mentioned, there wasn't a ton of warning for it, but regardless, it's a very scary situation. Just kind of talk about that a little bit, being in, in the eye of the storm a little bit there. And like you said, a half a mile from the racetrack where you were was worse than the racetrack. I'm sure there were some harrowing moments last night while the storms were passing over the house you guys were in. Yeah, our chain of events yesterday, we, we had had a wash day, an extensive wash day, washing all of our equipment from boat trucks and trailers, prepping for the weekend. We we moved, rather than reloading our vehicles and things into our trailer, we had put them into uh, different buildings throughout the property. They were trying to just stick them somewhere to where we didn't have to load them up and down the lift gate. And then we got all finished with our wash day. And uh, I look, we, we keep track of our steps. And I had 18,000 steps in yesterday. We were exhausted. We came back to the house and laid down for a little while. And then we made a late dinner in the house, just uh, made some spaghetti. And we, we had our food and we were just... Uh, kind of unwinding on our day. We had washers and dryers going in the house. And and uh, I went downstairs to call my wife. And I was just down there laying on the couch and had the finished basement on it. And uh, some of the other staff had came down. And then, then a, a couple more of them come out and said, it's really getting nasty out there. And we wasn't in the basement two minutes. And we heard loud crashing sounds and, uh, from the garage area of this house. It has an attached two-bedroom garage. And, and uh, we had put our put the pace truck inside that garage, and then uh, another pickup truck that's a company truck inside the garage, in case it hailed or anything like that. Because we, I mean, we'd seen all the reports that there was bad weather coming, so we tried to minimize anything like that. And, and uh, when all that happened, we knew something was going on, but yet we we never heard no warnings on our phones, no sirens, no nothing. Uh, we walked up a ramp that comes from the basement to the garage, and we can see that the garage doors were blown out. Wow! And and on on top of one of the pickup trucks that we had in the in the garage. And at that point, we thought that was it. We thought, oh man, we got a mess on our hands. We had to deal with that. And then the lightning would happen, and you could see that there was a barn outside the house we were staying at, and the barn's gone. Wow! And I thought, oh wow, the barn's gone. That was our joke. Of, not really a joke, but just and shock to one another hey the barn's gone out here you know so then and then we come upstairs and each time the lightning would happen because it's pitch black no power uh you could see more and more out i mean it was just a debris field of, of stuff out here where we're staying at at the house and it went long after that there you know people are calling the chat telling us we can't make calls fast enough and then we're our, our focus turned to the racetrack and being concerned about people being out there and even the whole time while the storm was going on we were we were contacting people at the racetrack we had six race teams i think at the racetrack and letting them know that hey the the bathrooms are unlocked they're design designated you know tornado shelter go to the bathrooms it's so serious you know so um 
and and I think it was pretty pretty traumatic at the you know the, the experience of those race teams there because the ceiling stuff will allow those bathrooms every day. Wow. I know, yeah, Todd Turner and our reporters have caught up with Roger Sellers and some of the Shannon Buckingham team. And like you said, just just incredibly scary stuff that I think, you know, as, as Turner and Derek and I sit here and listen to you tell this story, Rick, it's, it really becomes very real to hear, you, to hear you tell it. I know at some point you were able to make your way over to the racetrack last night, or, or I guess early morning, late last night. You'll have to clarify that for me. What was it like when you pulled up to the Speedway for the first time and, and you could kind of see the damage there as well? Well, the first and foremost, we had to clear enough debris out of the behind the garage to get out of the house, and then we used the pace truck that has a light bar on it and uh, four-wheel drive, and we drove through a ditch uh, in front of the house to be able to get out on the road because there was a tree down that crossed the driveway. We got to the we got to the racetrack, and when we got there, it was uh, there was already paramedics and ambulances and fire trucks on the scene tending to the folks that were in the the campers, the campers were just tossed about. I don't know. There was probably anywhere from a dozen to 20 campers on site. And I'd say at least 50% of those were, were, were either tossed on their sides or just, just completely blown apart. Um, driving around the facility and just making sure there was nobody left, you know, in any of these vehicles or any of these campers or any of that stuff uh, with our light bar and heavy rain. Um, checking on the race teams, which we were able to contact most of them via phone, and we, we knew who all was there at the time. So they were all okay, and then they were probably just as shocked because in the immediate, immediate pits of the, of the racetrack where we're parked at with all of our trucks, nothing really happened there. They blew all the trash barrels out of there. The trash barrels were all the way out on Highway 54. <laughs> um, but when you get driving around, See the amount of destruction in different areas. There's a set of grandstands that sits atop the concrete in turn one. Um, that's almost a turn three in the infield. Wow. Um, and then the major the major destruction was of the grandstands that's been built for the off-road facility. Uh, you had a set a great big set of grandstands, and then they had an, uh, an enclosure roof over it, out of a red steel building. It's it's wadded all that up, and it was we could see all that in, you know, with the light bar and, and driving the truck around and taking pictures, and we're we're reporting to to our corporate office. We're reporting to anybody, you know. There's there's so many phone calls that come in at that very moment. Uh, uh, Dan Robinson wasn't able to be there at that very moment. He was in St. Louis from Mike Miltner's Mittler's uh, uh, funeral proceedings, and and. Uh, he wasn't able to be there, and so he was trying to make contact. Richie's trying to make contact. Our families are trying to make contact with us. And this is a very scary moment, but we were looked out after and blessed to be safe, and everybody appears to be safe. Uh, I, I know they transported a few people from the racetrack, but from what I understand, not, nothing life-threatening. But um, as bad as it was for us, I, I can't imagine what it would have been like in one of those camper trailers and that's that's the thing that we talked about earlier dustin and i a little bit that we're fortunate of fortunate is not the word but uh monday better than than thursday or friday you know obviously from that perspective and obviously i think the last thing on everybody's mind is racing when something like this happens but the fact is this little town swells to nearly eight thousand people on a weekend like this 
just talk, I don't know if you can talk about it and maybe you can't, but just the decision to say, hey, you know, we're just not racing this weekend. Maybe you can just shine a little light on that and just the right call, obviously, but how, how that kind of came to be and, and what that decision is sure. like to have to make that. Yeah, and, and that was that was a big decision among a lot of us. I mean, it's not my call by any means, but sure. a lot of us. And, but we're we're just out here assessing the next morning. I know there was a local news radio or news channel that reported very early in the morning said the event was canceled. That was that was not the case at all at that very moment. But it was it was a matter of just seeing where we're at with the facility and the amount of cleanup and the amount of uh, you know, those, those folks in those campers and stuff that lost, lost their, you know, the vehicles and then and, and you just, you just don't flip a light switch and go out there and clean that up, throw that in the dumpster yeah. and, and, and host a race. That's, that's not very respectful. So it's, it's about them people more than anything. You gotta, you gotta keep that in mind. And then, um, it's raining all day today. So yeah. e- even if we thought we could get in there and clean this up, the biggest concerns was is how are they going to get that set of grandstand tore down out of the infield that's parked in the middle of the racetrack in a mess if we can't get to it because of the rain. So it's just just wasn't in the cards. And we just had to uh, back up and punt, as we would say, and come up with the plan B. And really, the plan B is just to just buy us some time. We're we're tired. We're exhausted. We don't feel like we'd make sound decisions. The best decision is just to say time out, guys. We 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 need to come up for air, and we'll circle back to it. So, well, Rick, you have been through a a tough experience to say the very least this weekend. We are super glad that everybody and you and the entire Lucas Oil team is okay, and all the race teams. Like you said, there were some injuries in the campground, but it sounds like everybody is going to eventually come out and be okay from that too. I know you're exhausted. I know you're tired. So thank you very much for giving us uh, five, ten minutes here tonight to, to just discuss what went on and, and give us your perspective from uh, from inside the eye of the storm. I really appreciate it. And, and thank you. But get some rest tonight, please. Can you try? <laughs> <laughs> that won't be no problem. We we do have one bonus thing here. And that's a uh, uh, technical director and Steve yes. Francis and, and his wife, Amanda, they're expecting a baby. And uh, she got the call today. Steve was with us last night. And She's at home in Bowling Green, and, and they called a little bit ago and said that it's time. So <laughs> Steve's right now en route back to the house, and uh, well, we can't wait to welcome um, their baby along for us there. So we, we, we wish them the best of luck. When else would it happen, of course, but last night, right? When else would he get that phone call <laughs> but last night that Amanda was going into labor? It just, uh, you know what, where there is darkness, there is also light, right? So... Um, like, yeah. like you said, something good this weekend to hang our hat on. Rick, get some rest this weekend. Uh, tell everybody we're thinking about them, and uh, good luck this weekend, bud. All right. Thanks a lot. See you all later. It's a little unconventional to do it that way, to have Rick uh, right off the top of the show. It did, Derek, it just felt right. I mean, I, I had, was messaging him last night, and Cole and Jeremy and everybody with the series, and uh, they had a hell of a night, but you and I talked about this, Suave. Um, the storms at Wheatland can be tough, man. It, it, we've been there a couple of years ago when there are some bad storms that roll through. Those are no joke just northeast of Tornado Alley. When things go wrong at Wheatland, they can uh, they can go wrong with the weather. Yeah, and like listening to Rick talk about the events last night, it's like almost you're watching like you know a show on the Weather Channel. Oh, yeah. When they're like, you know, we're just winding down the day, everything was fine, and then all of a sudden, you know, it, bam, it's right there. Those things are so quick. And you hear those stories where, like, he's saying, you know, the pits are actually fine, you know, a couple trash cans and stuff. Yeah. But, you know, that huge, like, you know, 300, 400 feet away, the huge stands are, 
you know, torn down and, uh, you know, mangled and stuff. So, yeah, that kind of weather and tornadoes and stuff like that, I'm not a big fan of because you never know when it's going to hit. And Like you said, Mother Nature is pretty much undefeated, unfortunately. She is is undefeated. We are glad that for the most part, by and large, everyone at Lucas Oil Speedway is okay. We'll have a little bit more on that later in the show. And don't forget to check out Kevin Kovac and Todd Turner and our entire writing staff. Everything is free on the website uh, for not just subscribers, but everybody. A great story they put together about the reaction from Lucas Oil Speedway. There is racing this weekend, though, and uh, the show must go on, as they say, around the country. Turn, throw that up there. 67 shows on the calendar for this weekend for us, and you look at them right here. Don't forget to check out our schedule page. Keep it locked there all weekend long to see all of the winners, etc. And turn on weekends like this, I like to remind people to catch-all page. Click on that catch-all page. Literally every piece of content on the website Articles, photos, videos will be on the catch-all page. Look at that just fat schedule from the weekend, even without the Show Me 100. It is busy. And one thing we haven't talked about yet, Turn, throw up the bonus question mark graphic that we have. We will be live (laughs) this weekend. Derek loves this, and then Turn does too. (laughs) We're not telling you where. We've never done it before, but we will be live this weekend. This Memorial Day racing weekend, I'm going to put it in that context, we will have a live event. Derek, can you guess where it is? I mean, I know where it's at, so I'm really not going to say <laughs> okay. it. But, you know, yeah, I, I, I guarantee you I'm going to have a majority of my friends, you know, and fans tweet at me. They're going to say, oh, I guarantee you it's at this one track. And then I'm just going to shake It's not Fairbury, okay? Yeah, we're so not, not Fairbury. That's what they're, right, yes. they're going to say. So they got one cross off the list, not yes, Fairbury. Uh, so. But 65, I think 64, 65 now with Monette canceling as well, the MLRA date. Uh, 60, the 60s plus is uh, racing this weekend. So, yeah, that's it, right? But uh, I have uh, taken enough time to start the show. Let's get it rolling with five things. Number one on five things that are late model world fired up last week, Thursday at 34 Raceway in West Burlington, Iowa, where the Lucas Oil Series raced at that track for the first time in eight years. And it was worth the wait. Now, listen, Brad Stevens and his crew had their work cut out for them. All the rain in the Midwest for weeks, saturated grounds. And yes, the racetrack was no doubt rough. It was a little bit rough. As Clint Boyer tweeted out here, you see rough track always makes for a better race, at least for the fans. We'll get to the second part of that tweet where he says apparently it makes guys throttle stick at time as well. We'll get to that in a second. Guys were bouncing all over the place. They were throwing deep sliders in this one. And even some guys nearly flipping out of the building. And it all came down to the very end. JD looked like he had it. But Don O'Neill, still chasing that first Lucas Oil win, throws it in on JD. The two make contact right there. O'Neill stops on the backstretch. And Hudson O'Neill squirts between them right there. <sighs> Three laps left of the restart, and it was Hudson O'Neill. I'm going to say this, Suave. He's avenging his father here. He passes JD. Huddy takes the lead with two laps to go. He would go on to win it from there. Wowza! That was a Thursday night at the racetrack, a wild night at 34 in Iowa. Oh, my gosh. I'm out of breath. <laughs> but, no, man, what a... Uh... You know, it was bumpy surface, but it made for good race, and you could uh, run all over this thing, and it really widened out there at the end, and what is, uh, you know, gave us a chance to really uh, make a move there, and we weren't very good in the beginning, but we continually got better and better and better, and I just put myself in the right position there, and, uh, you know, sometimes it's uh, better to be good than lucky with Dad and him getting together, but uh, I'll take one any way I can get it, and I just can't thank everybody on this race car enough. Dino won. Uh, Laverne Tarpey, he's been here with us today, and he's such a big help, and he supported me from the beginning. So uh, really humbling to have him here. And uh, Subsurface of Indiana, SSI Motorsports, uh, the whole crew, Taylin, uh, 
Dick and just everybody that helps out and uh, my girlfriend Tessa for being here with me tonight and I just can't thank everybody enough. Yeah, it was a heck of a battle inside the race car. I'm sure it was a hell of a show for y'all because we didn't know where we was going. Uh, first and foremost, man, I, I, I got to say sorry to Don. I did not mean to do that. As soon as I saw him, you know, you can't see out of these things. And as soon as he slid in front of me, I lifted and I, I run over his left rear and it just rolled me up there. But uh, then I tried to get back in the gas to actually, you know, get off of him. But anyway, uh, I hate that for him. And, uh, you know, once we finally got rolling there, it felt like I, I had a pretty good piece and I could kind of choose my lane, but I was just a sitting duck on the restarts. I didn't know where to go. And then after me and Don got together, I didn't know how bad it hurt the nose or whatever. And I, I didn't want to blow in here on the top the, the first time. So I went back to the bottom because I knew, you know, they had to be getting a hell of a run down through there to, you know, get to me to pass me. They stayed in Iowa Friday night, but it wasn't as dramatic. Davenport avenged his Thursday night slip up by leading all 50 laps, not 47 this time, 50, and winning at 300 Raceway, or Farley, for those of us not familiar with the new name yet. There wasn't going to be two straight nights of JD missing the beat in what was a tire battle in eastern Iowa. You weren't going to let that one slip away tonight, were you? No, not at all. You know, uh, I, I drove a hell of a race for 47 laps last night, and... Uh, uh, just uh, Hudson done a great job, and like I said, congratulations to him last night. But uh, I got his hats off to my crew, you know. Uh, I, I definitely tore it up last night, uh, not on purpose. But anyway, and then uh, rough track conditions. The guys went all through it. Um, got to thank Nick at Penske. He went all through the shocks. And, uh, man, this thing was spot on there since we unloaded. You know, we was, was almost uh, really close to fast time again, second overall like we was last night. On our heat, man, this thing's just been on a rail. This is our new car. Um, we've been saving it a little bit, and, uh, man, I don't know if it ain't better than my other one. Quick notes from the weekend. Hated to see Lucas lose Deer Creek on Saturday, but it was a 100% chance of rain, and it never went away. Second time in three years that race has been rained out. Also, you see him there in second place, Berkey, in that black OU812 car. He was fast time at Farley. He won his heat. He faded in the feature. Still fun to see him back with that car, Suave. Nick, I just, I can't, I cannot do it with this car. It's not a good-looking race car. I said it. There, I said it, okay? Love you, Berkey. Number two on five things, World of Outlaws also lost a race this weekend at Muskingum County. It actually rained out twice, but the one they did get in was a lot of fun. Wayne County on Saturday night, and it was like old times, man. The black 29 and the blue one duking it out on the Outlaws Tour. Of course, this time it was Brandon Shepard of the Rocket House car and not Josh Richards. Let's fast forward to 10 laps to go. And these two are just straight getting it side by side for nearly five straight laps. And Ricky Weiss also dropped in on the fun. Weiss to the inside for second. Nothing doing low. Lanigan will come down to complete lap number 43, and it's going to end in lap traffic if we stay green. Dustin Jarrett called it an early race of the year candidate, and he's right, five laps left. Shepard is all over Lanigan, and in lap traffic, he finally gets by him, and you think, okay, Brandon's got it at this point. But look at this. This is the last lap in turns one and two. Ricky Weiss is under the blue one car. He's got a shot, but ultimately, Shepard gets his seventh World of Outlaws win of the year, but whoo, that was good. Sheppy on top, Ricky in second. What a race at Wayne County. I felt like... We could, I could catch him there, and then I would turn down and try to do something and lose a couple cars. And I'd catch him again and turn down, try to do something, lose a couple cars. So it's uh, lap traffic definitely helped us out tonight. But I think we had a good enough car to, uh, to win, you know. But um, lap traffic definitely played in our favor. That was definitely probably a hard one to lead for sure, you know, because you get to lap traffic there and you don't know whether just to dive bomb them or try to drive around them. So it was, 
it was definitely a fun race, you know, with the rain shower and everything. They did a heck of a job getting the track back ready to go. And I got up to the one in the 29 car, and they're battling back and forth, and I just, with them racing, I could get to them, and, and then I really thought, I seen the white flag waving when, once I got to Shepard's back bumper there, and I wish there was one or two or five more laps. Yeah, probably, and I was, I mean, I was just racing my ass off up there, just giving it all I had, probably burning myself up too much and getting my left rear hot, but we had a good piece, like I said. Uh, you gotta finish in the top three to win races, so uh, we're getting close. I love that quote from Daryl. It doesn't show emotion like that. I love the way Wayne County raced. Let's tip our hat to the track crew because it was fast, it was wide, it was multi-grooved, you could run all over it. I don't know if it'll be at the top five at the end of the year, but it was a hell of a race. Number three, the Lucas race Friday paid 12,000. The Outlaws race Saturday paid 10,000. So let's let's have an 11,000 win race, shall we? That's exactly what we got at the big old half mile of Sealands Grove. We're in front of a packed grandstand. A couple of Pennsylvania boys put on a show. The veteran Rick Eckert, the youngster Mason Ziegler leading here. And this is with two laps to go. Mason gets slightly out of shape going into turns three and out of four. And that's all it took for Eckert to pounce. A little bit of contact there, but turn, a little rubbing, a little racing, no big deal. Eckert's, Eckert said after the race, it's that old racing adage. It was true in this case. It's better to be second sometimes than in the lead. Yeah, well, the leader's always sitting duck, you know, in that traffic. He did a really good job. And uh, really, we weren't really in traffic when I got by him. He got the, I think he pushed his right front tire off, and he got to push him real bad down here in three and four. And I was tad free the whole race, so it actually, I was better than him in that end. He was better than me in this end, and it was just like a, a dog fight there. I'd get to him, and then he'd sneak by a lap car and get away, and then I'd catch him back. But it was a great race for the fans. Thank you all fans for coming out here tonight, and we'll be back here later in the year, hopefully. Keep in mind, right after Eckert made the pass for the lead, the yellow came out. I'm talking turn one, the yellow came out. So on this restart, had he not done that, he'd be restarting in second. But he controlled the green-white checkered after it and got his biggest financial win since four years ago in Berlin, Michigan. Number four, I love all of Ray Cook's tours, but I am particularly partial to the Spring Nationals. Not sure why I feel like that. It's just it's one of those series with all the rainouts and stuff early. You never know who's going to show up. They accomplished something also, by the way. Not a lot of series have done this year. Three straight events without a rainout. First on Thursday, Ray Cook's own track of Tri-County, Donald McIntosh, led all 40 laps to rather easily capture his fourth career series win. Then uh, Crossville, right, Derek? Crossville on Friday. I had messed it up in the read-through earlier. He gets another one uh, victory on Friday night in that uh, Blunt Motorsports number seven. DMAC goes back-to-back -back for 4000 But the $10,000 to win finale, Ross Bales did not have bad luck. He did. He had a flat tire on Friday night, not on Saturday. By the way, how cool are these 10,000 to win shows on this tour? I love seeing 10,000 to win shows. Bales got by points leader Dale McDowell on lap 37. He pulled away over the final 23 laps to win his first ever Spring Nationals race. The kid from South Carolina is white hot in that Barry Wright race car. Yeah, I mean, uh, anytime you can beat that man from Chickamauga, Georgia, <laughs> around these parts, you're doing something. Uh, I got to thank all these fans for coming out. This track's awesome. I mean, it's our first time here, and I look forward to coming back. Second night in a row, another $4,000 payday, Crossville Speedway. Just tell us about that great run tonight. Man, I felt like we had a really good car. I hate the uh, the 58 and the 87 had tire trouble. I, I'd really like to been able to race them. Uh, they were really good to start with, but I think we made the right changes. Our car was really good. Uh, we're just on a good roll right now. We're making good calls. We're working good as a team. I got to thank David and Eric, uh, Larry Garner, everybody that's part of this team, Vic Hill Race Engines, uh, 
you know, blunt motorsports, blunt, blunt excavating, uh, Stowers Cat. Everybody that's a part of this, it's uh, it's really cool. These wins don't come easy, and uh, to get two in a row is, uh, is really special. Bale's win, by the way, was at Thunder Hill, and it is an awesome racetrack in Summertown, Tennessee. The five-figure payday for Ross, he'd only had two of those his entire career before this season. He's got three now this year already before Memorial Day. We'll see where he shoots up to with the Bill Stein Shocks Top 25. Finally, number five, what a weekend for the Ethanol Tour. When I say that, I mean... There was some crazy stuff going on here. Let's start with the good. Saturday night at Brownstown Speedway, it was basically a perfect regional field, Derek. K-Rob, Gilpin, Scott James, Bobby Pierce, Nick Hoffman, Moyer, Marler, just everything you'd hope for from a great regional field with some heavy hitters sprinkled in. Just past halfway, it was a three-way battle for the lead with Mike Marler, Scott James, and Devin Gilpin in the silver. Look at this, three wide. Oh, passing some lap cars, but they're still three wide. James finds the bottom here, which we don't always see Shark down there. Mikey and Scott went side by side, lap after lap. It was like the 1992 Jackson 100 for me, Suave, is what it was. It was the surface all over again. Scott James basically pulls away, but that was really fun. It was a great race for a while. Now, Sunday night, this was kind of crazy. It rained all day in and around Gas City, Indiana for the race at I-69. They had tornado sirens. They had weather. They had it all. But despite only eight late models sticking around, Ethanol said, you know what? We got the track the hell with it. You see, Travis Stimler passes Brandon Thurlby on the fourth lap. And remember, Stimler had that nasty flip at Attica about 10 days ago. So this was a nice bounce back win for him in the blue number two. Yeah, I mean, this car is just such a good car. I can't thank Scott and Pam Phillips enough. Uh, this one took a little tumble, and she's still a good car. You, you know, just hats off to Rocket and them building a great chassis. But... Yeah, it's been an interesting day, but it, this makes it all worthwhile. I felt like a win was coming. Felt like we had two of them taken away from us at uh, Farmers, Farmer City. Um, last night we ran second, so I want to thank Mike Marler, good friend of mine. Me and him hung out last night, and we talked a lot. And uh, we, we're on the same wavelength about a lot of stuff that we do. So, um, you know, maybe it's our time, and I love racing at Brownstown. It's, it's been a couple years since we've won here I think it's been three or four years but uh uh feels good to uh drive by a lot of them guys that are so good I mean uh, uh I've been waiting to have a car this good and we got it you know a lot of people are going to give ethanol crap for sticking it out on Sunday at Gas City but you know what as rainy as this year has been if you think you can get it in why not get it out I'll tip my hat to the boys in green at ethanol turn that was five things a lot of racing uh, i think derek or was todd said it's still the busiest race weekend of the year so far on the calendar um even with all the rainouts. one of the things that derek teases me about all the time is i would may say he teases me about it but he said I, I i use the same themes in the show a lot you do i don't know turn how many of these shows have we done now do you remember the number no not even close 100 we've hit we have we hit like 75 100 uh, yeah, I'd say yeah. we're close to 100. You're going to use the same themes a lot. And I look back through my old show scripts, and I hit on a theme a lot of what's better, Labor Day weekend or Memorial Day weekend. Um, it, because those two, along with July 4th, are the three biggest racing weekends of the year, July 4th, Memorial Day, Labor Day. The thing about July 4th is it falls on a different day every year, so it's really kind of out of the discussion. It's Labor Day and Memorial Day. I think Labor, I'm, a, I'm a Labor Day guy. I like Labor Day. I like the fall better. Um, I just like the Labor Day is the ending of the season. I kind of like that a little better. Derek, am I right or wrong about that? 
I'm a Labor Day guy too because Prairie Dirt Classic was always on the Labor yeah, Day going yeah. into. So I never went to the Show Me 100 until I started working here. So I know that the Memorial Day weekend for you is very special, also. It is. And you're you all can, about West Plains. And you stuff can tease like that. me about West Plains I will later, later in the show. I will later, you can but tease yeah, I'm a, I'm a Labor Day guy because then I, growing up, I'm like, okay, Prairie Dirt Saturday. Wait two or three days, and I get to go to Eldora. So yeah. World 100 and Prairie Dirt are always a special place in my heart. So I'm a Labor Day guy, too. We agree on something. We now. actually agree on something. This is a rare <laughs> thing that happens in the Dirt on Dirt office. Uh, Turn, what do you do? Labor Day, Memorial Day, quick response. Do you care? Uh, fall? So I just like the fall. I'm a fall guy, you know? I don't know. So, I, like, I like fall, but I kind of like the start of summer because – to me, Labor Day is like football season really kicks off. I so. kind of like the start of summer. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, regardless of our opinions, Memorial Day is a huge, huge racing week. It's kind of America's great racing weekend, the Coke 600, the Indy 500, all of that stuff. Um, so it is absolutely what we're – turn. Don't, don't throw to it yet because I normally kind of build okay. up to it. All right. uh, but we are paying attention to that tonight. Obviously, uh, Dustin, Jared, and I had a lot to catch up about as he joined me on the Integra Shocks and Springs Hotline from the show me postponement to everything. Memorial Day weekend and how it has evolved and changed is, is what we're paying attention to. Joining me now on the Integra Shocks and Springs Hotline is a guy who is... We're, we're really going to talk about previewing the entire Memorial Day weekend, but in light of everything that's happened, the uh, the outline for the show has changed a little bit. It's our good friend, and uh, I, what do you, Dustin, a man about town reporter? How would I, how would I describe you these days for Dirt on Dirt? What's my exact description for you? Jack of all trades, master of none. Jack I of all trades, master of yeah. none. Uh, Dustin, obviously, we were going to start, obviously, pay attention segment, previewing Memorial Day weekend, just talking about everything that had to offer, specifically the Show Me 100. Certainly things have changed uh, in light of everything. So I, I know, first and foremost, your thoughts are with everybody in Wheatland today. Yeah, there's uh, no doubt about that. I mean, I, I spent the, the considerable amount of time working with the Lucas Oil Series, and it's just, I don't know, when, when, when you work in this sport like we do, you become friends with these people, whether it's series officials or drivers or track promoters or fans you, you build a relationship with a lot of them and and um become friends with them because and you know this it's just it's not out of the ordinary for us to talk to a lot of these people on a regular basis some sometimes daily in some cases and so um out there i mean everyone from from general manager dan robson all the way up to forrest lucas himself i've i've worked with all of them and and if i'm being honest i mean it, it just plain sucks and in one sense your heart is um, truly hurting in a situation like this. In another sense, you're just extremely thankful that this didn't happen on the weekend, you know, when there was might have been a sea full of campers on Man. site and, and thousands of fans. Wheatland is uh, it's a small, small town. I mean, it's a stop sign on a road map, and, and there's just, like any other racetrack in the country, uh, for the most part, there's just nowhere to go for 10,000 people or something like that happens. And uh, we, you know, we live in this day and age, Michael, where um, people, social media, I mean, they're unbelievably quick to criticize racetracks for canceling early, you know, due to impending weather and, and things like that. Hopefully if, if we kind of pull uh, pull something positive out of this, hopefully this kind of puts all of that into perspective as to, you know, why tracks sometimes make the decisions they do. It's, it's uh, certainly in most cases, not for some sort of crazy internal reason, but it really and truly is in the best interest of the fans when those decisions are made. You know, nobody really cares, like you said, about racing in a moment like this. I don't think, by and large, people aren't upset about the cancellation or mad or the postponement, I should say, or anything like right. that. 
But if we're looking at it from a racing perspective, there will be a void not having a Show Me 100 on Memorial Day weekend. If we just look at it through that small prism for a second, it's going to be really different to not have a Show Me 100 on Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, it's uh, it's a tradition like any other crown jewel event. Um, you know, I I sometimes compare the show me because it's just it's been around so long on that same weekend. Maybe like a like a Southern, you know, uh, like a Darlington, yep. um, you know, something along those lines. You just start. Our, our circadian rhythm just kind of associates certain events with certain times of year. You know, we, we talked about that at the World 100 last year. It, it throws off your balance. Mother Nature yeah. deals with that hand like that. And, I mean, I, I, feel like our, I feel like our internal balance has kind of been thrown off all year, maybe, maybe even all the way back to last year. Um, you know, you kind of hit kind of that reset button during the winter and you kind of wait for the actual season to kick in gear and kind of get into full swing. And I just – I just don't know that, that we've ever even really hit our full stride here this season. I mean, and with the Show Me 100 now, not on Memorial Day weekend, again, it uh, it, it kind of throws off that, that internal rhythm we had. I mean, Lucas Oil now, uh, yeah. they've had 13 events that have either been postponed or completely canceled. They've run 15. So the, uh, the World of Outlaws, they've had six uh, that have been postponed or completely canceled. They've run 12 uh outside of this is outside of late model racing but uh, the all-star sprints uh, you know we've got some good friends that are there they've rained out 10 straight races that's almost impossible that's almost impossible they've run they they have actually they've run twice since florida in february twice so again i mean it's just when 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 you don't have a certain race on a certain weekend like the show me on memorial day weekend like we're accustomed to and you've had this just unbelievably wet spring slash summer that we've had so far it does it just it, it really throws a wrench in in our circadian rhythms there will be some racing this weekend even without the gap and the hole that the show me 100 will create in total there are over 65 sanctioned i guess closer to 62 now without the show me stuff sanctioned and or notable dirt late model events that pay at least three that's just three thousand to win and up this weekend that all starts thursday pretty much across america with atomic now on thursday night give me three to four to five. i said my original notes had three to four highlights dustin but now without the show me maybe give me four or five give me four or five highlights and tell me why some of these races matter on memorial day weekend and what you should be paying attention to uh, especially without the show me 100 now Absolutely. Um, I, I think there's several. I mean, we've got it, we talked about this in Fast Talk earlier this week about, you know, kind of mapping out some other events this weekend, some good places for, for folks to go. And there's going to be plenty, of course, depending on what the weather does. Um, there's a lot that I like. And you know me, man, I, I like those regional, you know, the 5,000, 10,000 to win shows. Um, I'm going to start down south with the spring nationals. They've got uh, they've got three really good races this weekend at Dixie Rome. And then Monday at four eleven. that Monday show at four eleven, man, it's the, uh, it's the Scott Sexton Memorial, $10,052 to win in, in honor of Sexton. Um, that's kind of a standalone deal. There not much else going on on Monday. So uh, all three of those races, but that one, especially I think uh, now has the ability to draw some really good cars. So that would be a good swing for someone to go to um, the ethanol series. They, Based out of Michigan, they're finally uh, opening up or running in Michigan this weekend at I-96 uh, Thunderbird Merritt. That's a nice little swing for for someone to check out. Um, and then just outside of there, uh, the ALMS series. They're at Oakshade and Eldora. Um, that Oakshade race number one 
that's on Saturday. That always draws a ton of cars. Anytime ALMS is is at Oakshade, I mean, it's not out of the ordinary to see 35 or 40 cars. And then you've got Eldora the day after that. That'll be on Sunday, the Johnny Appleseed Classic. And, and you know, with with no national touring events this weekend, you have to wonder who pulls into Eldora for that race, Michael. I mean, that's, you got to remember, the Dirt Late Model Dream pays $125,000 to win this year. So, uh, guys are always eager to get some track time at Eldora. That race on Sunday, I think you might see a few more guys drop into uh, to that one now. I, I like the look of that. You know, and the risk, um, you know, go ahead. More. There's more. I like it. Give me a few oh, more. No, I, I know I do. Yeah, you said you wanted four or five. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was reading. I was, my circadian rhythm is off. I was reading your natural pause <laughs> wrong. So you go, you go ahead. You go ahead. Well, I I also like this. Uh, there, there's kind of a, a northeastern swing with um with the ulms late models they're at freedom new york on friday uh that's kind of a kind of a one-off track for those guys that could have uh could have a, a nice little show there and then um the ultimate northeast series are real close by then saturday and sunday they're at uh they're at state line new york and erie pennsylvania that's a nice little three race link for someone to hit uh, and, and then I'll just I'll finish up with some of the unsanctioned shows. You talked about um, Atomic on Thursday, that three thousand to win. I'm I'm planning on swinging down and, and hitting that race. Um, Port Royal has got back to back five thousand shows this weekend. Port Royal always draws a big field of cars for for uh, their races. I'd expect those two shows to have a, a really solid field of regional talent. And then uh, and then last one we can't sleep it. Uh, we can't sleep on Florence on Saturday. Five thousand dollars to win. Again, possibility of maybe a driver or two dropping in there for for that one as well. But yes, yeah, now I've, I think I think I've finally finished up with that. But there, there, there's some really good stuff still happening this weekend. Well, and I think when you look at this, what I find interesting too is the fact of the matter is that some of these shows are going to benefit from the guys not being Wheatland, Missouri. It's just it's yeah. just the nature of the beast. And I think you hit on a couple there, Eldora in Florence, particularly. You know, I'm already Josh King and I were texting this morning about you know just. Just we know so many people with Lucas Oil, and him and I are just checking up on all our friends and stuff like that. And and just I got to thinking about him. You know, he's I can see a Bobby Pierce and those guys maybe going there. And Eldora Sunday and, and four eleven Monday. I, I think you hit on it. Some of these shows will now likely benefit from the unfortunate circumstance in Wheatland. It's just the nature of the beast. It, it really is. And again, I mean, everyone's kind of scrambling now to find somewhere to go. But I think you hit. I think you hit the nail on the head. Take nothing away from these other events, but from the ones that that. If I'm a fan sitting at home or deciding where to go, the ones to really keep your eyes on are, are those races you mentioned. I, I love that. I love that Monday 411 race yeah, that pays 10000 Me too. All right, DJ, you've got 60 seconds. I'm putting you on the clock. Look at this turn. I'm actually literally putting him <laughs> on the clock right now. Rattle off. And now your clock doesn't start until I get done. My last word here, okay? okay. I'm putting you on the clock. You've got 60 <laughs> seconds. Rattle off as many Memorial Day factoids slash nuggets about events and tracks that you possibly can in 60 seconds, and oh boy. two, one, go. All right. Uh, we've got uh, about 10 tracks hosting events this weekend with a purse of $5,000 or more. That's one thing that makes Memorial Day weekend really, really special. So something to keep an eye on there. We talked about a lot of them already. Um, the Ethanol Series, we mentioned they're finally hosting their first Michigan events of the year at I-96 and Thunderbird and Merritt. They've been rained out more than they've raced this year. They have five rainouts versus four races run. Uh, the Fuel Series, they're hosting their first ever race at the dirt track at Charlotte on Friday. That, that strikes me as curious because when I think of fuel, I think of that North Carolina area. So that's something that's kind of neat. Um, 
it's nostalgic to see West Plains hosting a special event on Memorial Day weekend. Hopefully they're still still able to have that, but they've got the Malvern Bank Cash Money Series, and, and uh, Brad Looney is looking to win his fourth straight race there. Um, this is going to be the first year since 2008 that neither national tour will be in competition on Memorial Day weekend. And, and that's from Todd Turner. I can't take credit for that one. Um, the uh, it, And maybe kind of putting all of this into perspective, this isn't necessarily Memorial Day specific, but the Northern Late Model Racing Association, the NLRA, and the Wasota Challenge Series, they haven't even started their seasons yet. They so were talking about all of these right now. Maybe they're the ones that have it right. I don't know. But we're approaching Memorial Day weekend. We're approaching the end of May, and there are two series there that have not even started yet. We are. That was 90 seconds, by the way. I let you go because you were oh. giving me good information. By the way, Swab, don't you think he kind of stammered in the beginning a little bit, a little too many ums and ands there in, in a hot clock 60-second situation, I feel like. Yeah, he got nervous there. I don't know <laughs> if he could be on the show minute to win it because I, he like, struggled there all the game. On the but I didn't, put me on the I didn't like the give me 60 seconds, and he starts with, oh, boy, I <laughs> Hey, that's a tough start, DJ. I was, I was hoping for more. I was hoping for more. You got it. I gave you 90. Uh, Dustin Jarrett covers Dirt Lake Model Racing for us here at Dirt on Dirt, and he is smart. Those are two things that you need to remember. DJ, I know you're going to be bouncing all over the country. You are hosting Late Model Live next Tuesday as you make your way out to Illinois. So I appreciate everything, man, and uh, thanks for everything. Good luck, and we'll see you at the racetrack this weekend. Absolutely. Thanks, buddy. The question turn for Twitter tonight, and maybe we should have kept Dustin on to, to answer this, but he had his 90 seconds. Was Shannon Babb the right choice for Scott Bloomquist? Tell us why or why not. Was Shannon Babb the right choice for Scott Bloomquist to put in his race car? Of course, now the Show Me 100 this weekend, we won't get to see it. Maybe we'll never see him in it. What if that happens? I don't know. Why or why not? Tell us. Use the hashtag Late Model Live at Dirt on Dirt. I cannot wait to see these responses. Back on Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live after the break. We'll see you in about two minutes. Tyler Erb is best on the first race of the year, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. Tyler Erb dominant in night number two of the Winter Nationals. He picks up his third victory of the season. For the 38th time in his career, for the second straight night and the 39th time in his career, for the third straight night, Brandon Shepard will make history at the 48th Annual Dirt Car Nationals. He wins all four World of Outlaws events. the best product on the market. I mean, we've had zero failures. We've never had a failure. Great people to work with, got the best hams on the market. FK Rod ends on everybody's stuff. Um, she sponsors events, but anybody that knows anything to do with racing knows FK Rod ends, that's for sure. I think it means a lot when you got people behind you that stand behind you and believe in what you're doing. Uh, like I said, it just makes for everybody to have pretty good success.
Bluquist still hanging on to third, but not now. Buckingham gets it. No, three I speak wide. now. Three, three wide, wide for sec. Final transfer spot. On the bam. No way. This is incredible. That's why they call him the dirt track dominator. And right now he's trying to hold on and get that second and final transfer spot here with five to go. I don't believe what I'm saying. Wait, right he's now, in the he's lead. The lead. He he's the got lead. the lead. Bloomquist takes <laughs> the lead. I will never forget that night in the show we 100 last year. We decided to keep the bumps in the show. You know, obviously we bump back in. Those are called bumps, guys. Turn those are bumps. I, I'm aware. Uh, you're aware, aware, yeah. You've done a little television in your life. Those are bumps. <laughs> we decided to keep the Show Me 100 bumps in the show. Why not show some positive Wheatland news right now? I like that. That last year, Scott Bloomquist, famous three-wheeling. Derek, how many shares did that get on our Facebook page? I think it's one of the highest ones. I can't remember the top of my head, but yeah. it's with Bloomquist. So usually when we have a yes. dramatic moment with him, the, our uh, likes and shares skyrocket. We asked the question you answered, was Shannon Babb the right choice to inherit the zero ride? And is it only going to be for one race? It may not be for any now, but let's find out. Was Shannon Babb the right choice for Scott Bloomquist to put in his car? Derek, first answer. Spencer says, no, Bloomer should have picked a guy closer to his camp like Chris Ferguson or Ricky Weiss, but now Bab will learn all the Bloomer's secrets. <laughs> I love this guy. Hashtag late model I live. love that. He's going to learn all his secrets. Uh, Swap, take the next one, too. <laughs> John says, couldn't have picked a better driver that's not already contractually, contractually obligated. Were you, were you gonna get obliged, that? <laughs> obliged to someone else. Bab can pound the cushion all day and can also catfish the bottom. Let's go, Team Zero. All right, so differing opinions. Turn, you got the next one. All right, from Chris uh, says, there's no doubt that Shannon is a great driver. My concern would be that he and Scott's driving styles are quite a bit different. If uh, Scott never wants to bang the cushion and sets the car so he doesn't have to, Shannon does whatever it takes to get there. I, and we're going to talk about that with Shannon Babb here momently, uh, momentarily in the interview recorded. Brent says, absolutely, although they have different driving styles, as Turn alluded to, Babb knows what it takes to foot the bill for his own program and will give the team valuable data to get ready for the season. Hashtag, uh, are you ready for this? Hashtag tear the spoiler off that some bitch. Do you think I would ever use that phrase in my entire life? Like you can just see That's Michael Rigsby saying, saying what Brent, I think Brent Trame or Trammy said. Turn, we got any more? Last one, but Suave's got to read this one. Okay. Oh, my. DJ says, I think it's a hell of a duo, but honestly, I think at Bloomquist underscore zero is trying to help at D Suave underscore 12. Lock of the week, guys, on the struggle bus. <laughs> hashtag write the check. Hashtag 18. Hashtag late model live. Also, P.S. D Suave. Let's drink some at Bush. Beer. Do you know lattes, this DJ officer? Do you know him or no? No, I do not. Wow. So, DJ, That's I will good. meet you at the Dream. We'll have some cold... Bush Light beers, but yes, Bab Till I Die, Dad. Hashtag Bab Till we, I Die. We, you so love Shannon choice. Bab. The entire yes. Falls crew has grown up. Love Shannon Bab. Uh, we're going to talk to Bab here in a second. One thing the rain has robbed us of this year is people yelling at me over the top 25. There really hasn't been enough racing for people to get really mad. Typically by Memorial Day, I've had people, and I actually looked, I actually literally looked this up. I have a folder on my emails called Complaints. I have a compliments and I have a complaints. <laughs> I've had at least 10 emails in the past at this point in the year about how stupid we are for the top 25. This year, turn just one. Just one, you are dumb wow. email about the top 25. Can I? Are did we you getting, stop voting? Are we getting better? I did stop. I am no longer a voter. Are we getting better as a society or no? Uh, no. No. Let's Probably. take a look at this week's Bill Stein Shocks Top 25. Here we go. Brandon Shepard and Jonathan Davenport on top. No surprise there. Pierce Owens round out the top four. No change. Turbo. God, Tyler. 
Turbo is up a spot. He really likes being in that top five swath. He hates being out of the top five, yes. Turbo does. McDowell, Pearson, and Madden. Uh, Ross Bales, I asked earlier, where would he go? Ross Bales is ninth in the top 25. If I told you that before the year, would you believe me, Derek Kessinger? No, I would not, but uh, we actually talked about that a few weeks ago. If he keeps winning you know, these $10,000 win shows, could he crack in the top, 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 20, top, 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 top 25, excuse me. So good for Ross Bales in yeah. a... You know, I got this note for you, Dad. I want to say it here, here right now. This is my statistic he stole from me. No, but go this ahead. is not. But go he's the third. He becomes the third driver joining Jonathan Davenport and Brandon Shepard to win at least three ten thousand dollars or more events. So Ross Bales in good company there. Ross Bales, that is ninth. I can't believe he's ninth. Eleventh. Bales. Eleventh through nineteenth uh, in this case because we have a tie is a Moran, Lanigan, McCready, Richards, Shirley, Hudson, O'Neill, all the way up six spots on the heels of that win at thirty-four. Don O'Neill, Chase. Chase Jungins, Chase Younghands, Chase, how many different ways does that get pronounced? Chase, a million different names. Uh, he's in 18th, and Paige and Kent Robinson tied for 19th. In turn, who is our newcomers to this week? Yeah, Rick Eckert and Donald McIntosh. Rick how about Eck that? Both getting wins, Donald McIntosh, too, this past weekend. Uh, Suave Motorsports, Rick Eckert, number 21, Suave. I actually texted Kovac and said I'm voting Rick Eckert number one <laughs> because he has four starts and two wins. That's 50% win percentage. I mean, so. who, nobody could be better yeah. than that this season. <laughs> I've alluded to it a couple times. We did catch up with Shannon Babb earlier today. This weather at Wheatland had everybody's schedule scrambling, so we had to record most of our interviews today. Uh, you all saw it last week. Shannon Babb was supposed to be driving for Scott Bloomquist at the Show Me 100 uh, and he's going to do the dream, too, but we don't know yet. Scott could be back by the dream, so this entire Bab Bloomquist situation may go poof, Derek. We literally may never see it. Yeah, that'd be devastating because I legit had five or six of my buddies who have never been to sh the Show Me 100 were coming just to see Shannon Bab and in a Scott Bloomquist zero car because they're both... All my friends love those two drivers, and it's like a match made in heaven. They were going to be on cloud nine this weekend. I had to catch up with Shannon Babb and just discuss all things Bloomquist, all things Show Me, all things. Here's our interview with Shannon Babb from earlier this afternoon. It was Friday this past week when someone on the internet stumbled upon the gotarace.com apparel page and saw a picture of a Shannon Babb racing t-shirt with Babb driving the zero car of Scott Bloomquist. Of course, Hellfire brimstone, and about four hours later, the image was finally removed. But by that point, the cat was out of the bag, something that many of us had known for a while. And there you see the T-shirt right there. If this is true, it, there is, what does it say, Turn? If this is true, then there is beer in heaven. This, this tweet is what it said. Like I said, by that point, the cat was out of the bag, something many of us had known for a while, but there was no putting the genie back in the bottle at that point. Shannon Babb was <laughs> supposed to, at this point, drive Scott Bloomquist's car at the Show Me 100. You'll recall on a video cast many years ago at DirtOnDirt.com when I asked Scott, if you had one guy to put in your car, this is like eight years ago, Scott said, it would be Shannon Babb. Several years later, he was going to get that chance before the unfortunate postponement of the Show Me 100. But I thought, you know what? I still got to talk to Shannon about all this. Joining me now on the Integra Shocks and Springs Hotline is, for this weekend at least, or what would have been this weekend at least, the driver of the Zero Car. We don't know if we'll ever see a minute now. We'll week with Illinois, Shannon Babb. Shannon, I have to ask you this. That picture slips out on the internet last Friday. What happened to your phone at that moment when that picture finally started to circulate? Oh, yeah. It, the Texas started going off. Sure, <laughs> everybody uh, that I ever owed a T-shirt to, they was all wanting one. So, <laughs> you know, uh, even if we, even if this, with this rate this weekend rained out, uh, I'm sure we're going to sell a 
quite a bit of t-shirts. I, I got a lot of friends. You know, I wanted to mention Wheatland too. I had several other questions about Bloomquist, but I wanted to circle back to Wheatland real quick. Uh, you and I talked about, obviously, our hearts and, and thoughts and prayers are with everyone in Wheatland. But from a racing perspective this weekend, it's tough. Like you said, the entire racing world kind of takes off for the Show Me 100. So a guy like you is sitting here. Now you're not driving Scott Bloomquist's car. And you're kind of trying to figure out where to go in your own car because there's not a ton of options this weekend. Yeah, you're right. I mean, everybody's always honored this weekend as the Show Me 100 weekend. It, uh, you know, it's always been... Uh, kicked back and relaxed and took out and uh now everybody's kind of fun around looking for somewhere to go um and there's not much to go and so uh you know our stuff's always been prepared and and ready but we are we are working on a car that we haven't had on the ground yet so i guess we're gonna take this opportunity to you know go break it out somewhere we may do farmer city and fairbury or something but um you know really it is kind of a tough choice you don't want to go too far this weekend looks like a you know as far as the weather forecast it don't look good anywhere right right and you'd hate to drive to like west virginia for four thousand dollars if it's gonna rain so <laughs> you don't want to do yeah that. So, yeah for sure uh circling back on scott and i want to get more to this the obvious connection here is ed petroff with you ed sponsors you for a long time and he sponsored scott the past couple of years so he's kind of spearheading the entire thing or the liaison but from your seat what is your relationship with Scott Bloomquist, like I talked to him on the phone yesterday, and he said he's always loved you. He's always gotten along great with you. But how much <laughs> did you talk to Scott in the past week? Take us through that Shannon Bab Scott Bloomquist relationship. What is it like? Uh, you know, we raced a long time together. Right. How, how you could start? I mean, for the last twenty-five years of me racing, um, you, you know, we've always uh, been a lot of several of the big events and, and a lot of the races. So. Uh, um, you know, I've always, he's, you know, guys like him's always driven me to prepare harder and do better and work harder. So, um, you know, whenever this opportunity came about, I'm like, hell yeah, I'll, you know, I'll drive that thing. You know, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's tough to see a guy like him in the position that he's in as far as, you know, getting hurt and, uh, not being able to go race. And, you know, he's, when you got, a the winning race car from the year before sitting there, uh, and we all know it's pretty good about everywhere he goes right um it's hard to leave it sitting in the shop so um i, I thought hell yeah I'll, I'll, I'll definitely definitely do that what's what's bizarre about this is and like i kind of mentioned you're supposed to drive this car here you are likely and, and right now scott told me yesterday you're the guy at the dream that's going to drive this car but there's also a chance scott is healthy by the dream we don't know yet so you could literally never get to do this, which is a bummer on some hand. You know, we might never get to see you in this zero. Like you said before we started the interview, your chances are kind of slipping away. But I'm asking yeah. this I'm asking this question from a twenty thousand foot view, so bear with me. The general idea is that the rocket yeah. car that you're in now, it wants to be uh -huh. driven hard. It wants you to throw it into the corner, and that's kind of your style anyway. Uh, you know, think Josh yeah. Richards, yeah. Shannon Babb, Brandon Shepard. Most people think yeah. those Bloomquist cars want to be driven straight. They don't want to be bent. Yeah. So if you do get yeah. a chance to be in this car, help me through that. I know you're one of the best drivers in the country, but how different of a style yeah. is it for you to be in a car that doesn't want to be bent like that? You know, I uh, I always explain it to Petrov and these guys that work for me when I'm trying to explain myself. But, you know, a lot of times it's the cowboy that's riding on the horse. If the horse wants to go in the middle of the track, it'll go in the middle of the track. If it don't, <laughs> you got to head to the cushion with it, you know, so... The cars I've been running, sometimes they don't like to go around the bottom. You know, uh, that's 
it'd be nice they would uh, it'd be a lot <laughs> less uh you know a lot less expensive but uh, we always head right back to the session with them. But, yeah, Scott's cars look like they need to run right in the middle of the track, and they look like they drive and they change direction nicely. So hopefully if I get the chance to drive it, I'll be able to witness what that feels like. And that's what I dream, lay in bed thinking. That's how I would like my car to be, you know. So if I get the opportunity to feel that feeling, um, you know, I, I'll be satisfied. You mean to tell me all these years, I'm 37, my whole life, from the Virgil Bilbrey car on down, I've watched <laughs> you pound the cushion. You mean to tell me, eh, I'd really rather not be up there. Don't You're, you're ruining my entire vision of you. Don't tell me that, Bab. <laughs> that can't be true, I, is it? You know, you know I, I do head up there quite a bit, but I, I do, I have to explain myself. I think in 05 and 06, with the old, you know, motor cars, I think I ran, we actually kept the same spoiler on the car the whole year. You know, we... We actually had the, the Rayburn setup that would actually run the middle and the bottom, and we did hit the top quite a bit. But uh, back then, we was able to run all over the racetrack, and things are different now. But um, you know, you you have to go. You know, Bobby Pierce, he he sold the money in the last ten laps on all these big races, and it's usually on the top. So yeah. I'll go wherever I gotta go to get the money. You, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair enough. Uh, last couple <laughs> things, Shannon. You're one of the least like attention-seeking guys I know. You're never a look-at-me guy. You're never a pay-attention-to-me guy. But obviously, when you pair with Scott Bloomquist for what would have been the Show Me 100, it's one of the biggest moments, not moments of your career, that's not fair, but it's going to get talked mm -hmm. about a lot. People are going to discuss it. Was that, like, oh, exciting yeah. for you on some level? To be like, man, a lot of people really care about this thing a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely exciting. Um and, and it, it should be. I, you know, I guess this, you know, Scott's an icon in this racing world. You know, he's always he's accomplished everything that everybody wants to accomplish. Um, and for me to be able to get this opportunity to do this is, you know, is is very major. So, you know, all my sponsors that help me and uh, all the guys that help me, they're all excited for me. Um, it's um, it, it's definitely going to be, you know, a, it would definitely be a chance you know, in a highlight of our year, you know, it's something we'll talk about forever. Last couple of things. I got some Scott Bloomquist quick hitters for you, Shannon. All right. Are you ready for this? Just a couple okay. of quick Scott Bloomquist questions. Number one is Shannon, have Shannon Babb and Scott Bloomquist ever had a dust up or a disagreement? Call it whatever you want. Have you two ever had one of those moments that you had to, when you started talking, you had to say, Hey man, let's talk about LaSalle in 2007. Like if you, did you have to clear anything <laughs> up or no? No, we never had to do anything like that. No, not at Okay, all right. What is the craziest Scott Bloomquist story you've ever heard, Shannon? Uh, <laughs> that you can say you on know, camera. That you can. There's a lot of crazy, crazy stories I've heard, but uh, you know, I, I really, I don't know. There's, you know, there's so many races that go by under the bridge that you, uh, you forget half of them. All right. I'm going to let you slide on that. I think we're going to talk about that <laughs> off the air, though. Uh, Scott technically was going to serve as your crew chief, uh, what would have been, again, this weekend at the Show Me 100. Are, are you ready? Uh -huh. If you do get a race for him at the Dream, are you ready for him to lay, like, a crew chief hammer down on you and kind of get up in your grill, just like Petrov does, and say, come on, Bab, drive drive it harder. Are you ready for that from Scott? <laughs> oh, I, absolutely. I, I, um, that's what I've been looking forward to the most is, is being able to talk to him and have some concrete answers. And I've got a little list of questions that I've been wanting to answer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Scott, 
through the last 10 years, you know, even if I, I'm having a bad day at the racetrack, I can easily walk down the room and say, hey, listen, this ain't got nothing to do with nothing, but here's a basic fundamental question I got for you. Can you answer it for me? He'll just answer it, you know. Right. I'll walk back to the truck. So, yeah, having him as a crew chief, that would be unreal. He's, he's pretty sharp and clear and straight to the point. All right, last one. And this is from, this question came from a subscriber, and I absolutely love it. If Scott was healthy right now, he's got, obviously, the injuries from the motorcycle accident. If Scott was healthy and you were healthy, who wins a foot race right now, you or Scott Bloomquist? Uh, he's a little taller than me, but I think I'm probably faster than he is, so I'm going to say a foot race. I'll be <laughs> now, that's what I like, a non-diplomatic answer. That's what I really like. Shannon, I appreciate the time, man. Like I said, hopefully the dream, I, I say hopefully, you know, it'd be great if Scott was back for the dream too, but hopefully things get yeah. worked out and you get a chance to uh, to drive the Scott Bloomquist race car at some point. Uh, wherever you're at this weekend, Farmer City, Fairbury, Michigan, Kentucky, Indiana, wherever it is, good luck, Shannon. We really appreciate the time, bud. Uh, hey, uh, appreciate you guys calling and talking to me. Hey, keep Petroff in line for me, okay? Uh, we'll do that. <laughs> All right, thanks, Shannon. <laughs> thanks. On the other side of the break, Allie's World returns. Allie's World, I've been looking forward to this, and she's been saving up for a month with me, so Lord only knows what we've got. And we might have to talk about Suave's Lock of the Week. <sighs> Just taking a different look at it overall. Don't you think, Suave? I mean, these rainouts are killing me, but <laughs> my record's not getting worse, so I, I think, saying there's a chance. I think it might be time to cancel it. Cancel it! We're going to no, talk about no, it after no, the no, break. No, no. Back on Kaiser <laughs> Manufacturing's Late Model Live. has franchise for Ford, Kia, Chevy, GMC, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. We cover heavy-duty hauling or vehicles for the driving enthusiast. At any Mark Martin location, you'll find a large selection, variety, and great prices. MarkMartinAutomotive.com gives you 24-hour access to every location. Browse inventory, apply for credit, and schedule your delivery. We can arrange for delivery anywhere in the U.S. or pick you up at an airport. Give us a chance to earn your business, and you'll see why everyone wins at Mark Martin. Artesian quality craftsmen do the work. 
what you end up with is just real better than anything else. Here comes McDowell. He'll take it with Overton in second. Wise in third. Last lap. 50 laps. Finishing this one out. Down the back straightaway. Your points leader takes a look on the inside. Overton tried. Couldn't do it. It'll be McDowell, followed by Overton. Wise ends up third. We will discuss the multitude of other races later in the show in five to go, but let's not forget the Spring Nationals comes to a close on Monday night at 411 Motor Speedway. Ross Bales picked up 10,000 this past weekend at, uh, at Thunder Hill. Three race swing for the Spring Nationals guys this weekend. Classic Dixie Rome Saturday, Sunday. The finale at 411 on Monday for 10,000. Swab, I love that. 10,000 on Monday. Mitch McCarter putting up the Monday or putting up the money on a Monday. And with, with the show me and stuff canceled now, I think Monday at 411 could be really good. Yeah, we'll see some of those uh, Tennessee guys make their way down there. Hopefully, $10,000 on a Monday. Can't beat that. And uh, like, I don't know. I think my lock of the week has to do something with this weekend of the Spring Nationals, so I'll get to that later. All right. I don't want to get too far into that right now. <laughs> I don't want to get too far into that right now. But uh, Dale McDowell is your points leader heading into the final weekend. Well, she was giddy when I called her number again this week. Installment number three of Allie's World on the books turn. Let's roll. <laughs> Oh, I've got to find this tweet, too. Allie Collis joins us now on the Integra Shocks and Springs Hotline for another installment of Allie's World. I've got to find this. She tweets so much. I'm having trouble finding her. Allie, help me out here. Where is the tweet where you talked about how white you were and you needed a tan? Where is that, Allie? How far ago is that? I might have deleted that one. Actually. Oh, no. You delete <laughs> tweets? She knew she was coming on. That's what it was. <laughs> Why are you? Why are you deleting? Did you delete the photo of you in Victory Lane and the tweet, or no? No, the picture of me in Victory Lane is still there. Why did you delete? I'm looking at the picture. I think you look just fine, tan. You look tan enough. Like what? What is it? Uh, where, why would you delete the tan tweet? Because sometimes I read my tweets and I'm like, oh, that's really stupid. So then <laughs> okay. I just want to turn that I've got to tease Allie about. Okay, you ready for this? Here's an Allie's tweet from uh, May 12th. It says. Cold sores have win and always been the absolute worst. <laughs> Did you have a cold sore, Allie? Yes, I had a cold sore. It was terrible. Uh, all right. I, I could do this all day with your tweets. Uh, start us out. <laughs> what do we got? Take us through it. What is your first, all the social media world of dirt late model racing the past couple of weeks? What do you got? What's first? Okay. So the first one is from Tyler Herb. And someone tweeted at him, every time I hear someone say I'm sorry or I say it, all I can hear is Turbo in his interview. So they're talking about the interview from the Crewman Diary from Speed Weeks where he's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I really am sorry. You threw turn for a loop, by the so, way, because he was ready for the Scott Bloomquist one first. But we got to it. Don't worry. We got to it. So the Tyler Herb, because this is the Speed Weeks interview that's famous from Eastbury where he's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right? He was looking into the camera. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. What does oh, it say? Typical turbo. <laughs> oh, because it said, I get it. I said, Sarah says every time I hear mm -hmm. someone say, I'm sorry. Okay. All right, turn. Can you move along with Allie here? You're going to have to keep up yeah. with her. What's your next one, Allie? Um, the next one was from Dixie Speedway. So a lot of these are weather related because obviously we've had a lot of rain recently. <laughs> so Dixie Speedway has a rain out picture 
and it says greetings from spring break and the track is completely flooded <laughs> and <laughs> the caption is searching for my lost baker staker of salt <laughs> i love that one too i actually saw dixie tweet this out there's a lot of funny uh unintentional weather humor that we have right now out there in the twitter world because it's been so freaking rainy that year I, I love that one what do you got next next um so black diamond racing put out a picture of the fact that they hung the right rear tire from the dirt million and it says what a night so most people they go they win races they hang the checks in their shop Black Diamond hung the right rear tire. I like that. What is it attached to there, too? Swab, what is that? Just like a big like metal brace on the wall or whatever it is? I like that. Right? <laughs> that is good work by yeah. Ronnie Stuckey. I actually like that. They need Earl to sign it. I wonder if Earl signed that tire. Surely, right? I mean, you you got to sign that piece, right? I mean, you have to appreciate that tire. I, sure. I appreciate the artwork. What else you got? Um. So we put out a tweet for Light Model Live, I guess, a week or two ago, and it says, fans, what is your job and how do you balance that with racing? Let us know. Use the hashtag Light Model Live. So Josh King, promoter of Florida Speedway, <laughs> tweeted back to us. I'm an amateur meteorologist in my free time. I spend a lot of time crying. Uh, I know Josh quite well. The funny part is everything is true in this, in this tweet. <laughs> he has nine weather apps open at all time, and he does cry on my shoulder mainly during the North-South 100 when there's a chance of rain. I like that one the also. Turn, you're doing a good job keeping up over there. I'm going to let you coach her through these final final ones here. You, you, you cue her along. Oh, no. She, she needs – I'm going off of her now. So. <laughs> All right, Allie, finish this up. What do you got? All right, the next one is from Chase Washington, and he posted on Facebook, all this rain is Jesus' way of telling y'all $35. <laughs> for a pit pass. And I love it. <laughs> uh, who's charging $35 for a pit pass? Other than big events, are there $35 pit passes out there? Is that a thing? Uh, anytime that I pay to go to the racetrack, and I pay every time I go to just, like, watch my brother, I pay $35. Wow, man, I got to give you a raise if I'd known you're paying $35 for pit passes. Yeah. Did I just agree to give her a raise, by the way? I think you did. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was a thing. I'm, I, won't, I won't argue with you. Uh, Allie, uh, are we done or we got more? We got a couple more. Okay, lay them so, on us. Talking about all of the rain, Billy Moyer Jr. asked for recommendations on Facebook of places where it doesn't <laughs> rain. And I like there's just like a whole map of North and South America. <laughs> like he's literally got or the middle America, I guess you could say. But it's it's all there. Central America, North America, Canada, everything is on there. I love that. That's good. All right. Uh, the next one is from Scott Bloomquist himself. So obviously the news went out that Shannon Babb was going to be driving his car. Um, and Bloomquist tweeted, time to raise some hell. <laughs> Derek got a chuckle out of that. Anything Bloomer related, Derek just gets I'm a just chuckle. I'm just picturing him like on his phone tweeting. That's the best part about it, you know? <laughs> do, do that, we, that is the best. Do we think thing. he actually tweeted that, or is that a, a team Bloomquist tweet, you know? It says Scott Bloomquist. All right. Well, yes, I know Allie what it I says. I picture him doing <laughs> it, so I'm going to stay with that. <laughs> uh, Allie, is that it for this week's Allie's World? One more. We have one more. Okay. So this one, I think, is from the past weekend, and it's Sycamore Speedway. I love this. is the best they, one. They got rained on, and there's a picture of the track, and they've got some fans, <laughs> and it says, we're trying to dry it out. Please stay tuned for more, more updates, blah, 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 trying to dry it out. But it's just funny that they put these fans out 
The best part about that is that is a ceiling fan that was probably in Sycamore Speedway in like 1983 that they've got out there. I absolutely and neither see, of them are plugged in. Yeah, not a ceiling fan. Neither of them are plugged in. But a stand. That's what is that? A box? Not a box fan. Turn. What is the fan on the right in that photo? Pedestal what is, fan. Pedestal fan. That's not what it's called. But all right. Yeah, that's pedestal what it's fan. Oh, Allie, you've done it again. I love I love your weather intensive uh, Allie's world this week. It was very good. We appreciate it. Thank you. Where are you going racing this weekend? It's not the show me now. Florence or Lake Cumberland. I haven't decided yet. Yeah. What? Oh, yeah, because they're both on the same night. Florence for 5,000 could get a lot of cars, don't you think? Oh, yeah. I think both tracks will Yeah, I think so, too. But I think Brandon and them at Lake Cumberland could do one. Well, what was that? Huh? I just don't know which one I'm going to yet. One of the two. <laughs> but you're going to pay 35. Are you working or are you paying $35 to get in? I'm working. Okay. All right. Get a tan, okay? I'm going to track. Bye, Allie. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> She's easily my favorite staff member now. Okay. Anyway, uh, I'm just gonna say it. Do we cancel Swab's Lock of the Week? Yes. No. Yes. Do we cancel it? No. We already had one segment. You know, not on there every wow. weekend. Yeah, so. we already had one segment. Turns yeah, turned so the, uh, the guy can't produce every week because he's too busy. Thoroughly enjoyed okay. Trying to guess. So there's too many rainouts. Swab won't do the tattoo. Um, maybe a reformatting. It just it's it. We can't get a rhythm to it right now. So do we cancel it? No. Yes. I mean, the host isn't even any good. Yeah, you. No, I, no, I, no the host of this <laughs> show is good. The host of Swab's Lock of the Week is no oh, good. Oh, whatever. I'm great. Look at me. I'm beautiful. <sighs> so are we keeping it? Yes. I want to get two and three this week, and it turns me to get a little oh nervous. God, you're one and three. It's like Memorial Day. And you've only been one and three since like Arizona. I know. I'm exhausted by Ever this. since Speed Weeks. It legit got rained out ever since oh Speed Weeks. Oh, my God. All right. Here we go. Swab's Lock of the Week. <laughs> Swab's Lock of the Week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another rain out. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. I'm still one in three. But technically, that's not a bad thing because I'm not extending my uh, losses, you know, getting into double digits. And with the Show Me 100 being postponed, I'm going to take my talents to the southeast for the Ray Cook Spring National Races. I'm going to make it simple. I'm going to go with the Mac Daddy Dale McDowell to pick up at least one win. Oh, Just because Mother Nature weak. has been so bad, weak. I think that he's going to get one win this weekend. It could be weak. Doesn't matter. Weak I'm sauce. loving life right now. I'm going to be two and three. Let's get some racing in this weekend. Weekend, Mother Nature, quit being so soft. We want to race, and that's my uh, lock of the week. So Mac Daddy Dale McDowell wins at least once this Turn, week. just put yourself on camera right now. Let's just, go. I'm going to put this thing up here just, just put your... One and three. Turn, I want to see the look on your face about him picking Dale McDowell to win one of these races this weekend. Lay up. <laughs> look at Turn's athleticism, by the way. <laughs> I love that. There's no athleticism. I love that right now. now. I love that. Uh, one none. and three right now. we got a 90-second commercial break, and we'll come back and finish the show strong. Week! That is a week lock of the week. We'll be back after this. second to none. Number two, their service is outstanding. And number three, they are on the leading edge of piston ring technology all the time. They supply rings to the best racers in motorsports, all levels. 
Late Model Race in Australia. This is a really cool deal that they put on, and uh, it's just a really fun time. It just keeps growing, so I can't see why, why next year wouldn't be any bigger. Let's go racing, 40 laps, here we go. But Tyler Turbo, what a slingshot up onto the inside, makes slight contact with Gonzi, and he's hit the wall. Gonzi has hit the wall and has lost three places. But Tyler Turbo Worth charges his way through to take victory in round two and win. Hell, I think there was, what, 29, 30 cars at every show, and that, that was way better than last year. So never know when you get back next year, there might be 50. Well, it does. We, uh, we just did what we could do, you know, did what we had to do, whatever. Uh, you know, at times I felt like I had car left, you know, and then he'd get up there and run me a little bit, and I'd try and pick it up, and they're, I don't know, the car, it, I guess the tires, you know, they kind of come and go a little bit. There towards the end, the, you know, the car felt pretty good again, but just there for a few laps when he could run up beside me, like it'd go away a little bit. And, uh, you know, we just had to hang on and, and then yell us play a factor, I think, on what the tires do. So, uh, you know, I think we was all pretty much on the same rubber out there. So. You know, he did a great job and uh, and we felt good tonight. We felt like we had the car that we could win with. And, you know, it just uh, would have been nice to be starting up front, but uh, we ran good. We feel good about it. Cutting off Clint, man. What the cat get a word in, Suave. Who's video editing over here today? Look at that, Gus the Cool Mule. We're leaving our Show Me bumps in. I love them. We're leaving them in. Derek makes fun of me all the time about the Show Me 100. He does an impression of me talking about West Plains. Look at Bob Pierce, John Gill, Wendell Wallace. I love it. Anyway, Swab does an impression of me talking about West Plains. So, Swab, go ahead. Get your impression of me talking about the Show Me 100. Get it out. Go ahead. Swab, you didn't even know how West Plains was. It was the greatest spectacle. All these guys from all part of the country came to this place. spectacle, but go ahead. <laughs> came to this place in Missouri, and I can tell you what. It was just, you know... It was just like a family reunion. The crowds weren't very big, but they paid the best. And Derek, you would have absolutely loved it. West Plains was so awesome. And that's the reason I'm in late model racing. That in Brownstown. That, that really, <laughs> like, that is, like, uh, half of what he just said is the actual truth. Like, Eldora and Fairbury are more the reasons I'm in racing. Some of the West Plains stuff you got right. And I did love Brownstown, but. My favorite thing about Derek's impressions is they all sound he, like he Derek does an impression, too, and we love the kid to death. He does his Ruben Morales impression, and we love Ruben. <laughs> Ruben, is, Ruben is hopefully a future Dirt on Dirt employee one day. I love the kid. Uh, I feel like Suave does an impression of Ruben also, and you sort of made me sound like Ruben there a little bit. <laughs> Suave, this is going to be lit, legendary. That's how. That's the Ruben Morales. I love that guy. So Can't wait for the summer nationals, Ruben. Do Michael Rigsby? Uh, do do Ruben Morales as Michael Rigsby talking about the Show Me 100 at West Plains? Can you oh man, Michael, I'm telling. Or oh man, Derek, West Plains was lit. Billy Moyer. Scott Bloomquist, oh my gosh, I'm telling you what, that place was legendary. You should have been there, Suave. <laughs> That's really good. I don't really have a, I don't really have any argument with that turn. That's really good. We got it. We this show, I got it. we're going too long. We gotta get done. Five to go. Five to go. Here we go. Number five, the American Ethanol Tour is coming off a strong weekend in Indiana, but returns home to their native turf of Michigan for Memorial Day. Wolverine State Tripleheader, all 4,000 to win. I-96 Friday, Thunderbird Saturday, and Merritt on Sunday. Brandon Thur will be your current points leader over Rusty Schlank. And I think Brandon gets two wins this weekend with the Ethanol Gang. Triple header for the guys in green this weekend. Number four, growing up in the Midwest, you always used to hear about the State Line Erie Circuit. The New York and PA tracks that run on back-to-back -back nights produce some great races and racers for that matter. 
And they work together again this weekend under the Ultimate Northeast banner. Saturday at State Line for 5,000 to win. Sunday at Erie's for 4,100 to win. Chubb Frank has since pulled off the full-time tour grind. I think he's still got some wiggle in his game. The Chebster gets at least one win this weekend. Max Blair the other. Number three, here's a bit of a rarity. Florence Speedway on Memorial Day weekend with a big late model race. But it's happening this weekend. Saturday night, 5,000 to win unsanctioned race. Josh King told me he doesn't think he's ever done this before, at least that he and his family cannot remember. But with weather always seemingly ruining their March and April shows, he said, why not? Now, with show me rain out, it could really be good. I'm fascinated by who turns out for this one, but I like Scott James fresh off a Brownstown win for a victory at the house that Jerry King built. Number two, for as busy as this weekend is, you know what the crazy thing is? There's only two races paying in five figures, or there was two races paying in five figures. Obviously, the Show Me 100 was one. The other one was 10,000 to win Monday at 411. So that's right, Derek. It's the only one now, right? Is this yep. the only five-figure race is Monday at 411? You're going to get some Outlaw guys. You're going to get some Lucas guys. I actually think uh, this is going to be great on Monday. On Memorial Day, Corey Hedgecock rekindles the 411 magic and wins 10 grand at Mitch McCarter's place on Monday. Number one. What would Memorial Day weekend be without Johnny Appleseed Classic at Eldora? This is a great piece of dirt late model history for me. These non-major Eldora races where guys always go for test laps. These used to only pay two and 3000 to win, but Roger Slack and the gang bumped them all up to 5000 This is going to be good this weekend, too, with no show me. No brainer here. Derek should have picked this, but he's a big, huge dum-dum. K-Rob stays hot and wins at Eldora. Turn, that was five to go. Swab, there's a ton of other races on the schedule. Give me a couple things. There's four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven other races. Give me a couple other nuggets for this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Like we talked to Shane and Bab, they don't know really where they're going to go because there's not that many, you know, high, high-paying races in Illinois now, so, or, you know, in the Midwest. But I always love those ethanol races. They always get good car counts and they're going to actually go up to Michigan for the first time, as uh, DJ alluded to. So I'm looking forward to that. And then, you know, my place, I think I think Florence and Eldora will have a lot of guys. Maybe we can see Bab in the bloomer car for Tess and Tune at Eldora on Didn't Sunday? Didn't sound like it. Based on that interview, it did not sound like it. I know, like but you it, never but know. Never know yeah. with bloomer. Just it saying. It is going to be good. Let's. I'm just going to pop the schedule up here real quick. That's April turn. We're in the month of May, actually. I'm just going to pick out some random uh, random things for this weekend. Oakshade ALMS, as is, uh, is Dustin talked about, I think will be really good. Um, Tri-County, the, the Pollard, Alabama track. Tri-County and Pollard, Alabama, the Mississippi State Challenge Series race. Mississippi State Championship Challenge Series for 5,000 in Pollard, Alabama is worthy of a shout-out. And uh, Winchester, 3,700 unsanctioned. Lake Cumberland, same night as Florence, $4,031 to win. That'll be good at Lake Cumberland. And uh, Fairbury also, 3,000 to win at Fairbury Saturday night. Port Royal, the list goes on and on. It's going to be good. Let's get into the on-demand coverage we will have from this weekend turn. It's a lot. Could you say it? It's going to be lit. It's going to be lit. All kinds of stuff. We have Spring Nationals from Dixie, Rome, and Ford. Talk into that mic a little bit more, by the way. I feel like your, your mic's tilted down. I can't hear you well enough. All right. Is that better? Oh, man. Back up cool. on it. Now I can right. hear my baby boy turn. There <laughs> we go. All right. Uh, Spring Nationals at Dixie, Rome, and 411. Ultimate Northeast, State Line, and Erie's. Ethanol, I-96, Thunderbird, and Merritt. ALMLS. And what, what was that? What was Where was it? At Eldora. Okay. And... Uh, Wow, look at this. Breaking out the second page. Page two. Page two. ULMS at Freedom. Yes. Let's see. This is a long one. What, what did you say the acronym stands Mississippi for? Mississippi State. <laughs> okay. 
I I get I, I transpose the two every time, so I'm gonna make sure I get it right to our friends, the Thrashes down there. Mississippi State Championship Challenge Series. There you I go. always confuse Challenge Championship. Mississippi State Championship Challenge Series. Sorry, guys down in Mississippi, my bad. So that at yes. Tri County. Yes. yes. Uh, and then we will also have some coverage, unsanctioned races at Atomic, Florence, and Port Royal. How and about we that? will also have Fairbury on Saturday night. Uh, yeah, that's Because right. Race and Dirt, don't forget our good friends at Race and Dirt, are going to be showing the mod race, and they might stumble into a pretty good late model field live at Race and Dirt on Saturday. Pay-per-views coming up. Turn. Ooh, the mystery for the mystery. weekend. We will be live somewhere this weekend. We are not telling you where just and now. And that's that. Um, Let's just put this way. I'm real excited about this one, and we've kind of been talking about this race a lot today, and I think it's going to be really good. So I'll say right now. Just nope. kidding. Uh, live this weekend from somewhere, you will find out where uh, as this weekend gets closer, or even maybe on the day of. And next weekend, turn, don't forget the Outlaw Fast Pass returns with races in uh, Cochrane, Georgia, and Lancaster, South Carolina. Get your Fast Pass, folks. Now is the time to get the Fast Pass because you're about, if you buy it next weekend, how many races do you get between May 31st and June 31st? Just a ton between all the summer nationals and everything. 100. I don't think that's, don't fact check that. Um, Kevin Kovac Memorial Notes section, we've got it right here. First up, the Bloomquist driving video that made its way around the internet last week. And Scott Bloomquist, they built a, a, a pseudo chassis for him to climb in and start working out. Show it turn. There he is. Just look at Bloomer grinding. Look at Bloomer grinding. I love it. And let Derek, put Derek on camera now. This is Derek doing his impression of Bloomer. I love that too. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Scott, uh, we can't get you back soon enough. Kyle Hardy is off the World of Outlaws Tour. He dropped off while running second in rookie points, eighth overall in points. He ran at Sealands Grove, finished sixth, and he would definitely prefer to stay on series, but they've hurt two motors this year, and Jim and Sean Martin decided it was best to back off. They do plan to run the dream, however. Uh, a late model live reminder, Dustin Jarrett will be in this seat next week. Turn, can you handle that? <coughs> sure. Okay. Yeah. DJ hosts next week. Uh, 48 late models last week between Atomic and Portsmouth. Those tracks are only 37 miles apart. That was a good sign last week. Keep an eye on that. Uh, Vado Speedway Park, by the way, in New Mexico, had its first test session. Arguably one of the nicest racetracks in the United States. We will be live there in January from that big event, so keep that. Vado comes to live in New Mexico. Um, how about Ricky Thornton Jr.? We'll be driving the Doug Curlis machine at the Dream. It's good to have RTJ back. He had a good run there a couple years ago at the Dream. And uh, Max Blair won his 300th, this is a Kevin Kovac note, his 300th career feature. 300! Career. He's not very old. Yeah, he's not even 30. I know. In Saturday's super late model race at State Line, he came from 16th to do it. He reached a milestone at just 29 years old. Wins have come, get this, at 34 different racetracks in six states. Obviously, a lot of them are, are crate wins, but 300 wins, I don't care what you're doing. That's really good. So, have you got any notes to close it out? Yeah, shout out to my boy Jeff Curl, yep. Fairbury uh, former track champion in the late model division, or he was in the modifies, but now races late model. Donated a kidney to his younger sister, Michelle Curl, on May 17th. Both are doing well, so that's a good sign. They did it last Friday. They're at home now, but he'll be, uh, he'll be out sometime, maybe a month or so, they said. But uh, kudos to Jeff Curl during the middle of a race season donating a kidney. Well, then that is, I mean, that's the real MVP. That, that is, is the, the real, real MVP, MVP yeah. right there. Sure. Congratulations to Jeff. Congratulations to Jeff. Uh, kudos to Jeff, I guess you should kudos. say. 
Uh, final notes tonight, we're thinking about everybody in Wheatland. I wanted to reiterate that one more time. It will not be the same not having the Show Me 100 on Memorial Day weekend. So to the entire Lucas Oil series and family and everybody else, we're thinking about you guys, all those campers and people in and around that area that were affected. We are thinking about you guys, and thoughts and prayers go up to you. There's a lot more to this than racing, and you realize what is important in moments like this. That is it for this week's show. Dustin Sherrill will be here next week. The week after that, we will preview the Dirt Late Model Dream. I'll be back. And the week after that, we have the post-Dirt Late Model Dream show. Dream, guys. The dream. And then Suave, what comes after the dream? The Hell Tour right. Summer <laughs> Nationals. Let's go. For Suave, for Turd, I am Michael Rigsby. Thank you for watching Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live. We're thinking about you, Wheatland. Good luck to everybody across America on Memorial Day weekend.